Jewish listeners, it is me, Amanda Marie, and today I am joined with my dad. Hello. <laughs> Hi. How are you today? I'm pretty fantastic. So, today we're going to be talking about, like, being in isolation and immunosuppressed, and we'll get to that story in a second. Let's talk about our brains are mush. Brain mush! And we're back. Um, hi. Hi. How are you today? I'm pretty good, thanks. You ready for some dad jokes? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no dad jokes. Those are not allowed. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so, we have talked about you a lot on the show. Emily, Gabe, and I, we've all talked about you a lot. And um, I am glad to finally have you on the show. Thank you for having me. This is your first time on a podcast? Uh, it is my first time on a podcast. So, going to be curious to listen back and see how I did. <laughs> So are you excited to be here? Yes, I am. All right. So can you tell us a bit about yourself? Well, I'm uh, married for almost 30 years, a father of three, a grandfather of one. Uh, Been in the same industry for more than 30 years, probably 35 years now. And uh, I love what I do. I love that I can work from home uh, most of the time. And uh, when I'm not doing that, I'd, I'd rather be fishing or camping or backpacking. Nice. My name is Tim. Um, so, as I said earlier, we're talking about being immunosuppressed during COVID-19. And um, why are you immunosuppressed? Well, a few years ago, we were on a camping trip and I got sick. That sick was pneumonia. The pneumonia attacked and destroyed my heart. So I ended up with a heart transplant. I had bad kidneys anyway, so they replaced the kidneys. I had a two-for-one coupon. So I went in and got a heart and kidney transplant. And... Uh, now, because the heart and kidney aren't mine, my body's fighting them every day, trying to kill them because they're not part of my natural system. So as a result, I take some immunosuppression medication to tell my white blood cells, it's okay, don't fight the heart, don't fight the kidney. But then they also say, don't fight a cold, don't fight the flu, don't fight coronavirus. So I have nothing in my body that will fight any type of illness. So I, would you say that's one of the biggest changes you have to make, like the medication? Well, as, as part of that whole process, learning the medication, when I first started, I was on 55 pills a day. I'm down to 22, so I've gone in a really good direction, but I'll forever be on those 22 pills. So uh, yeah, learning learning that, learning to deal with that, um, learning the, the idiosyncrasies of of dealing with the different medications and what you can and can't do, what you can and can't eat, where you can and can't go. You know, I had a pet snake, had to get rid of it because they have carry salmonella. Uh, Little things like that. There's a lot of subtle changes. Um, With this coronavirus, it gets a little more interesting because uh, if I get it, I'm pretty much gone. There's nothing I can do. So I'm trying to stay as healthy as I can with that one. Yeah. So of all those like changes, uh, would you say that you've adjusted to most of them by now or like? Yeah, sorry? yeah. It's been an easy transition, actually. I got great family support. My wife is Angela. Hi, Mom. Is <laughs> super strong. And, uh, you know, uh, so, so yeah, it was, there were a lot of changes in the beginning, a lot of new normals. But, uh, but once, you, once you get going and you get a rhythm, you know, you, you just, you learn to not miss the things that you had to give up, like sushi and, 
eating oranges and you missed out a lot though <laughs> having my having my steak medium rare dad and i were making orange juice the other day and he's like i wish i could eat one i'm like even if you just have a little bit you'll die he's like pretty much i'm like okay <laughs> well it's not that dramatic but it does affect the medication and i can't take that risk so yeah so you've already talked about being immunosuppressed and like what it's like is it would you say that like this coronavirus has a huge like toll on you? I think the hardest part of, of dealing with this and the quarantine in general is that, you know, we're all cramped in the house. And even though we get along great and we are we're really thriving with this because, you know, we've got outside interests where, you know, I'm working on digging a digging a patio or a, a concrete pad for the camping trailer that we're getting this year. Um, so that, you know, having projects to do, keeping the mind occupied and the fact that we all three get along really great, um, it's actually been a blessing. So hasn't been difficult at all. The last couple of days where it's just been raining 24 seven and we really can't go outside. Um, that's been a little tougher, but, uh, but you know, we've gotten used to that. We, 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 we got over that. We got a little more into our electronics than we probably <laughs> should have or as healthy, but but oh, well. the, you got to find a way to cope. Yeah. So what do you think the importance of quarantine and social distancing is? Like, because we already know they're really important for, like, people that are like you, you know, immunosuppressed or, like, chronic disorders that, like, make them more vulnerable to corona than other people. Like, what do you think is the most well, important part of this? It, you know, the social distancing thing is important. As many conspiracy theorists are out there that say the government's just trying to control us, see how easy it is for the government to shut down the country and, you know, just like that. The, as you watch the rising death tolls every single day, and there's, you know, over 2,000 people in New York that have died, New York State alone. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, all those conspiracy theories go out the window. The only way to, to beat this thing is to stay away from other people you have it. The the virus can't transfer by itself. It can only transfer from person to person. So if people don't get away from each other, it's never going to go away. Yeah. Uh, at least until they find a cure for it. And so... Um, I should have warned that this was going to be a deep episode. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's common sense. Yeah. I mean, stay away from people and you'll be okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how many people are not heeding that. How, you know, you, you go for a a drive to some place you have to be and you look at dozens and dozens of other cars on the road you think or you see people walking around on the sidewalks and you understand people have to get outside we take almost nightly walks but it's just the three of us in a place where there's going to be no other real populations of people and if we do see somebody we literally just stay as far away from them as we can you know and and uh i think that's all just really important stuff really common sense important stuff so i think yeah. if we can if we can all get a taste of that we'll be okay yeah i i agree i like what you're saying it's very it's very true i think the most important thing for you guys to do right now stay inside and wash your hands <laughs> do it to save people like my dad and don't die with the coronavirus don't do it <laughs> well i think too the crazy thing about this coronavirus is it, it's already just since you know and the official three months that it's been in the United States, it's mutated already. It's recreated itself into other forms. When it first came here, it was just a hacking cough pneumonia thing, but now it's gone gastrointestinal. So 
I mean, you what know, it's it, so you got the diarrhea and sometimes oh, yeah. vomiting, but yeah. You know that wasn't the case at first, and now you you look at all these people that in the beginning were hoarding the toilet paper, and everybody's saying it's not a it's not a gastrointestinal disease. And now you look and go, wow, those people were pretty smart. <laughs> I feel like they spoke it into existence. Just might, like, have been, might have been. We're preparing because we know it's going to mutate into this, but yeah. like you know, now we're like another. I don't know what to say, but like you know what I mean. Like they spoke it into existence, so now it's there. But at the end of the day, I think the I think one of the most important things is that, you know, we as a family have our faith and, you know, it, it's totally not in our hands. Right. So we leave it up to the, the men upstairs and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But, you know, we owe it to ourselves to do the best that we can, you know, to uh, to take care of ourselves. You know, and God's got enough on his plate to where he, you know, he's not going to stop me from getting it if I'm stupid and I go hang out at parties and go to the grocery store unprotected and, and things like that. So it just, uh, you know, but there's no worry. There's no fear. What's going to happen is going to happen, and there's not much we can do to control it. But what we can do, we need to make sure we do. So Yeah. So have you noticed any, like, physical changes in, like, the world, like, since this outbreak happened? Well, I think uh, a, a few things. Number one, um, people are eating more at home. We're all gaining weight. <laughs> Number two, people are drinking it, huh? <laughs> but I mean, you know, there there are, there is good to come of it, right? So, the 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 lack of pollution in the world, um, you know, the cleaner water, but that's not a healthy good thing because you know the only way to do that is, you know, to put hundreds of thousands or millions of people out of work, um, you know, and and trying to get supplies for the family. I mean, it's, it's a really difficult time, but it's a good trial run for, you know, as this continues and, you know, we, we start to to evolve within ourselves to become more... more. Uh, it's a good self- trial run for the po- the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's partially true. But just, just uh, you know, the knowledge we're gaining from learning how to deal with this uh, when you can't go outside and get what you need. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, And the resources within yourself that you got to come up with. I think it's pretty important, so. Yeah. All right, let's lighten it up a little bit. It's gotten, it's gotten really deep. So here on Brain Mush, we have this thing called The Room, and it's basically a bunch of people who are hypothetically listening to this podcast. It's famous people. In The Room, some notable names. Uh, Lizzo, Finn Wolfhard, um, <coughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda, the director of Hamilton, you know. Shakira? Shakira can be in The Room, All yeah. Right. All right. Shakira. <laughs> Uh, Rebecca Sugar's in the room, so would you like to add anybody else to the room? And Robert Downey Jr., just because he's brilliant and funny, and I think you would add a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, Mike and Rich uh, would be a great addition to the room. Uh, and and then just a bottle of something, a big bottle of vodka, where we all <laughs> just sit around and take shots and enjoy each other's company. Yeah, sounds like a good time. So all of the people that we have mentioned in past episodes, you guys who have been listening for a while. Also, I want to say hi to Ayla, because she's probably listening to Oh, hey, Ayla. Thank you for being a great guitar teacher. Yes, thank you for that. Um, So, everybody in the room, hi. Nice to see you. Uh, Thanks for stumbling across this podcast. Um, So, do you want to say anybody that... No, but it's a big room, and we're all six feet apart, so it's okay. (laughs) Uh, um, Okay, I'm going to ask some mindless questions. All right. What is your favorite favorite color? I really don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) 
What's your favorite movie? Uh, Princess Bride, without question, hands down. Favorite quote from The Princess Bride? Too many. <laughs> that is That movie is all quotes. Um, um, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. It would be a shame to harm those. Wow. That's a really like philosophical quote. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, favorite... I think my favorite all-time movie quote is... Uh, Tis but a flesh wound. Doesn't he get stabbed in the face right before that? No, he gets his arms cut off. Oh. His arms cut off. That's from uh, Monty Python, right. Holy Grail. Right, right. That's a good movie. It is a great movie. I want to say hi to Emily and Gabe, actually, too, because they're listening to this. Oh, hi, guys. How are you? We miss you. We miss you a lot. Come home. For those who don't know, Emily and Gabe are staying at Gabe's parents' house because Gabe's parents moved, went to their other house for this whole coronavirus thing. So they're living up on a up on a... Really big house on a hill with ocean views. And, and a cat. Uh, and a cat. <laughs> and so uh, they're, they're living the good life up there. Yes. Well, we're living the good life down here. Yes, I'd we say. are. Yeah. I miss you guys, though. Yeah, it's quiet. It's very quiet. Um. Anyway, more questions. Um. If you had to pick one food to eat for the rest of your life, what would you eat? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, I go through phases. <laughs> I think... Uh, how about this? Peanut butter and pickle relish sandwich. Ooh, those are good. It's got to be sweet relish. You guys have never, if you've never tried a peanut butter and pickle relish sandwich, it's like sweet, but it's also like kind of bitter too at the same time. So the flavors contrast and go well together. Or a grilled cheese sandwich. But the key to the grilled cheese is you got to mix the, the margarine and mayonnaise together to coat the outside of the sandwich. Makes extra crispy and gives it some good flavor. How to make grilled cheese sandwiches featuring yes. dad. That's right. Uh, and cheddar cheese. Yes. Mm. If you were in an interview, what questions would you want to be asked? <laughs> um, well, I got to stay appropriate here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I really don't know. I don't, I'm not a big talk about me kind of guy. I'm a big talk, talk guy, but talk about me, that's very different. So... Um, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you were uh, famous for something, what would you be famous for? What would I want to be famous for? Yeah. Um, something athletic. Um, you know, playing football or baseball or fishing. Being a pro bass fisherman would be kind of cool. Um, or, you know, just being famous for an outdoorsman, like a Bear grills type of guy. Like, if I wasn't, if I wasn't immunosuppressed and, and you know, had my health concerns... I'd be on Naked and Afraid in a, in a hot, flat second because that's the kind of stuff I'd love to do. And uh, that's why I backpack and, you know, get as far out in the country. It's funny because I'll backpack with a group of people, but I always am the last one in the line. And I'm literally, by the time everybody else gets to camp, I'm an hour or two behind for a couple of reasons. One, because, you know, the heart transplant thing, it, it makes my body a little slow. And I don't know if you want to hear this, but... You know, there's a there's a nerve that connects the heart and the brain, and when they do the brain the the heart transplant, they sever that nerve, so there's no communication. So when I start doing something physical, um, physically taxing, my brain runs out of of blood, uh, and oxygen. So I start to get dizzy, and I have to stop, wait a minute for my body to pump more blood back up to the brain, and then I can keep going. So it's like a sprinter thing. So I'll go 50 yards, 100 yards, and then I'll stop and rest. 50 yards, 100 yards, stop and rest, depending on if I'm going uphill or downhill. 
Uh, and so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the interesting things. But you mentioned something about backpacking. Uh, how was our last backpacking trip? Um, here's some background information. Uh, we went backpacking in Yosemite in July of last year. Was yep. it July? July of last year. All right. So it was, it was actually, we, we had tickets, we had passes to go to Yosemite, but because of all the snow runoff, where we were going to go, the river wasn't passable and we had to cross the river three times, but it was dangerous flood stages. So we, we, we opted for a plan B, which was the emigrant wilderness just outside of Yosemite on the Northwest side. Um, and it looked on the map, like it was going to be pretty decent. Um, and, and it looked like a, you know, like a four mile hike the first day and then a, a five or six mile hike the second day. And then we're going to stay there for a couple of days and then hike back out. Turned out day one, it was four miles to the lake we were going to stay at, but we had to hike three more miles to get to the other end of the lake where the good camp spots were. Um, and that, that was, again, one of those typical things where I was last, very last. In that case, I was like three hours behind everybody getting in. But one of the reasons I like falling back like that, too, uh, aside from the fact that I'm forced to, even when I backpack when I was healthy, I'd always be the last one just because there's a magical feeling about the hiking, backpacking all by yourself in the wilderness. You know, you stop and you listen to sounds that you wouldn't hear if you were hiking with other people. And you see things that you wouldn't see if you were with a large crowd. You know, you'll see animals and birds and you'll notice things about trees that you wouldn't notice if you were just, uh, you were hiking with a group. So um, that's that's one of the best things about it is just really reconnecting with wilderness and and finding isolation and peace and quiet. And it, uh, it's a pretty soulful thing to do. So you weren't upset that you were failing with your heart, like not connecting to your brain because you were just enjoying the, like the kind of energy. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm an, op- an optimist, right? So if something's challenging and I'm a little slow at it, I'm okay with that. It's all about the experience. I mean, it, to me, the journey is the destination and where we ended up staying you know, on a on a probably 50 feet above the lake on a cliff with a nice ramp that went down to the lake. But we were the only ones out there. I mean, we saw no other people in a, in a four-day weekend. And, uh, you know, we had beautiful campfires at night and, you know, the moon and the stars and, the, you know, camping, uh, you know, you and mom were in a tent, but I was, I was in a hammock, just sleeping in a hammock. And there's something just magical about four o'clock in the morning looking up and you can see the Milky Way like it's literally painted in the sky. It was brilliant. So, um, so no, I, I never get upset when I'm out there. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Um, you know, and I've been in a couple of tough situations where I got lost once. You don't panic. You just stay calm. and You should have told that to me and mom before we left. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the scenery. Yeah, you guys got lost. Um, I never did. My mom and I got lost for like 15 to 20 minutes, right, I'd say. Um, and we blew our whistles like seven times. Um, so, yeah, we got lost, but then we got found by our cousin, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Um, so, or my cousin, Matthew, her nephew. <laughs> um, but based on what Dad said, I would agree. There is something magical about being in the forest, just like listening to the sounds around you, just trying to like take it all in. And like, cause when you're out there, you kind of just suck it in like a sponge 
And I feel like for me, I get inspired when I'm like outside for a while. I should do it more often. <laughs> so yeah. Um, would you say that you'd prefer outside over inside? Oh, without question. I mean, it, it, the reason I'm building the concrete pad is because we're buying a trailer. And the reason we're buying a trailer and we're, we're buying it at a big trade show, uh, we, we found the one we wanted last year. Uh, we weren't ready to buy it yet. This year we're ready. We're prepping. But my wife looked at me and she said, look, we'll be married 30 years in October. Uh, we've been camping together for 31 or 32 years. I'm tired of sleeping on the ground. <laughs> you got to buy me something with a bed. So, uh, so you know, it's it, it will be just as awesome. Um, but there will be day hikes every time we go camping. You know, you know, just six or ten miles, get out, see a lake that not as many people see outside of the campground. And, um, you know, yeah, so adventure. If it's outdoor and it's adventure, I'm in. Put a fishing pole in my hand and I'm that much better. <laughs> what would you say the best memory is from like camping or hiking or even both if you want? I think that I think the best. Um, this was a family. <laughs> it's a family trip we took to Sequoia. Oh, boy. <laughs> but um, I don't know how many other people came with us. It was like and, 10. Maybe? Yeah, probably. But uh, so we. Uh, we were can't our our tent is embarrassingly large <laughs> just because we have it's two rooms so everybody sleeps in one half of the room and then we were playing uh we were playing a game uh, at a table and it started pouring down rain and then uh so we brought the table in and there are 10 people at this table so that gives you an idea of how embarrassingly large <laughs> a the table was and b i think it was two tables put together but b uh, how many, how many, uh, how, how big the tent is. It's just embarrassing. But um, we got in the tent, we zipped it up because it started pouring down rain and everybody crawled in and we're playing the game, <laughs> clean, playing the game in the tent, uh, you know, 10 of us. So it was, that was pretty awesome. And then, you know, later that afternoon, we did a, we did a hike to Tokopah Falls, which was breathtaking. There was nobody else on that. Well, there was one girl from Britain who came to the United States just to camp her way across the country. And she was super adorable and sweet. She kind of joined up with our group. Uh, and then we saw there was a bear in front of us, about 30 feet in front of us, walking down the trail. He was walking the same trail we were, so we just kind of followed him. Um, he didn't bother us. We didn't bother him. That's not true. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother spinoff story. But then we got back to this, and again, it's raining, so there's nobody else out there. And we got to this swimming hole at the bottom of a waterfall, and uh, we just swam in the in the freezing cold water for for I don't know an hour or two, and then you know and then we hiked on back. But uh, you know if you don't get outside and do that stuff, people don't know that exists until you're there. So uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, um, we I just I when he was saying the story, I said that's not true when the bear was oh. there. Because my brother, hi Jacob, um, my brother's kind of an idiot, I still love you, um, but like, the bear was there. I don't exactly remember the story because it was a while ago, but like, I'm just reiterating from stories that I've heard. But um, my brother was like, with his friend, he's like, let's go, let's go follow the bear. And they went off trail, and they ended up stepping in a <coughs> yellow jacket nest, and getting stung all over. Yeah, I think 20 or 30 times a piece. And, uh, yeah, that's why you stay on the trails when you're hiking. 
Um, I did not do that story justice, but... Rule number one, stay on the trail. Yes, stay on the trail and drink water. That's, those are really important <laughs> rules. So, yeah, that sounds... That's, that's like great memories that you have. Like, what is one of the best memories that you have just in general in life? Well, we took a... Again, it's a family trip. Like, so, so the cool thing about us is that since our kids are born, we've taken them with us everywhere we went. Like, each of our kids, when they were six weeks old, um, we have a friend who's got a lake house, and we get to stay at the lake house and take our kids at six weeks. They were in the lake, you know. We just because you don't you don't not do things because you have kids. You take the kids with you and let them adapt to what you're doing and learn to enjoy it. I don't know that Emily ever actually learned to enjoy <laughs> the outdoors, but uh, she goes camping by herself now with her five-year-old. So, um, you know, her and her boyfriend at least not by herself. But uh, so there's, you know, she's she's gotten some of it. But uh, but you know, just we took a trip to Boston, we took a trip to Seattle. So all, just all the road trips took took Amanda to Chicago to see her brother this summer. That was last fun. Summer. Chicago's fun. So there's just getting out and doing and not sitting at home. And watching TV. I think something important that you said with that is like one of the most important lessons there is if you have kids, don't make your life stop. If you have kids, take them with you, like show them the world and like, you know, just let them experience things. And I think that's one of my favorite things that you guys have done was always take me places was like because there was this energy that like. I love going out and hanging out with you guys, and it's so much fun. Like, even if I'm like, mm, I don't want to go for the first time, I go anyway, and I'm like, that was a lot of fun. And I don't, <laughs> backpacking was hard for me. It was, the pack was heavy, but you know what? I became physically stronger because of it. And I think because of that, like, <coughs> um, I know how to backpack now, and that's great. Well, here's so, the key, right? So... We're gonna tell. We're gonna take you with us on our experiences. We've certainly been to all of your shows, all of your performances, and your sporting activity. Which, unfortunately for you, I coach most of. But, <laughs> but, uh, but we're gonna get you out there because that's what we do, and we're gonna give you that experience. If you choose not to like that, hey, a, that's great. That's not your thing. That's okay. But you already know that when you get up and out and on your own. And you meet someone who says, oh, let's go camping. I love camping. And you go, well, I don't like camping. This person's not going to work for me. So you got to, you know, every life experience we can give you, you can take forward and, and decide in the future whether or not it's for you. But that helps you develop your relationships with whoever you end up with in this world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it, it's, uh, to me, that's a positive. Um, I, I think it's comical when when you guys tell us you don't like something, but then not in your case yet, but you, we see you doing it later in life. It's like, ah, <laughs> hey, that left an impact on them, and they they didn't think it would. So it's yeah. pretty cool. I think that's is that like one of the most like influential things as a parent when you see your kids doing something that they say they didn't like, <laughs> like. Yeah, watching our kids become us is hilarious. <laughs> you're like, they're like, I didn't like that, and then they end up doing it, and then. Would you say that's important to you? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, all right. Case in point, Jake. Hi, Jake. We always had dogs growing up, right? Because I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. I train my dogs. You know, we live in a beach neighborhood. And uh, in the summertime, our doors, front door is always open. 
So I can't have a dog that's going to run, run out and run down the street and run away or even go greet people as they walk down as they park to go to the beach. And there's two restaurants on the corner. So, um, so I always promised myself I would train my dogs to sit at the front door and to sit on, listen on command. And so our dogs, the two dogs we've had since we've been in this house, literally would just sit at the front porch, cross their arms, literally fold their arms in front of them and watch the world go by. And you hear people talk to them, hi pup, come here pup. And our pups just sit there, they'll wag their tail, right? And so, uh, so Jake always asked, and even Emily, dad, can we have a cat, can we have a cat? And I'm not a big cat person. <laughs> And and so I said, hey, can't have a cat. Why, Dad? Because cats are jerks. Like, some cats are lovely, and they love people, uh, but that's a crapshoot, right? Most of the cats I've ever been in contact with will let you scratch behind their ears, and then all of a sudden, for no reason, they'll just turn and shred you. Like, it's like what did I do? I like <laughs> Stupid cat, right? <laughs> and then so Jake rescues this kitty at three or four weeks old. It was abandoned by its mom somehow. So he raises it, nurses it to health, and uh, and and he, you know, as the cat grew, the cat just literally became a terror in our house. Like he didn't stay with us long, you know, here and there while Jake was doing things, we'd keep him for a week or whatever. And the cat would literally stalk people, like he'd be sitting someplace, and you'll sit down on the couch minding your own business, and this thing will fly out of nowhere and just jump up on the back of the couch and start scratching the back of your head. It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, so then... The, the best day in the world was when Jake called me one day and he goes, Dad, I got to tell you, you're right about something. It's like, what was I right about, Jake? He goes, cats are jerks, Dad. <laughs> I was like, it's so funny because like, hey, you, you try to teach them your experiences, but then when, when you watch them live through it, it's priceless. It's like, that's payback for all the times our kids did stupid things. Yeah. To be fair, Jacob still loves his cat, though. That cat loves him like I've never seen. It's just weird, but... But it's also really awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, the cat still attacks him once in a while, just out of nowhere. Yeah. And I've been on the phone FaceTiming him, and all of a sudden the cat will fly out of nowhere and just clap out by, hey, what are you doing? You know, so. Uh, Shout out to Domino. Yeah. So, he gives me nightmares. <laughs> we, uh, we are bringing a new puppy home here Yay. soon in the next uh, month and a half. So, they well, two months really. They were born last week. I get to um, name him, so leave comment, like leave suggestions. <laughs> yeah, so it's an Aussie Shepherd and Border Collie mix, which is kind of cool. It's going to be beautiful. Are we getting one with a tail or without a tail? Uh, we haven't picked yet. It's, to me, it's personality. We'll see what the personality is. Because again, we're going to take, take them in the trailer. We're going to take them. It will be a boy, but we're going to take them For on, some reason, on you like boys and, more. <laughs> well, I've got girl dogs come with that inherent set of problems with, you know. Same problems females have, right? <laughs> Menstrual cycles and things like that. Stuff I don't want to deal with and, you know, so. See, that just goes to show that males are just easier to understand. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the case. But I'm stopping right there with that one. <laughs> I don't want you to get hate mail. Nah, I won't. People know I'm joking. Right, guys? <laughs> Am I right, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> um, But I'm very excited to have a new pup. Um, cause this one is going to be quote unquote, my pup. Um, cause all of our, like Emily had our last dog, Lance quote unquote, all of these are like in quotes had, uh, Lance. And then my brother had our other dog lightning. They both passed now. And so this one is going to be quote unquote, my dog <laughs> and yeah. I get to name him. So yeah. I'm very excited about good it. Good luck. Send in good suggestion guys. Please. And there are rules. 
no social media people, no Finn Wolfhard characters, no Steven if, Universe characters. What if I named him no Freddy? No, we're not doing that. Why? <laughs> you put a list together. We'll work that out. There's one on the fridge already. Oh, is that really good? There, there's like a piece of paper that says doggy names. All right. So. Let's keep working on that. That's how we yeah. named all you guys. Yep. We, we put names that we liked, boys and girls, because we didn't know who was going to, you know, like when you guys were born, that's when we found out your sex. So Yeah. Um, so we put boys and girls' names on the refrigerator with the first and middle name. And then uh, we both, your mom and I wrote down all the names we we thought we liked. And then when you went to the fridge and you opened it up, you'd read a name. And if it just didn't cr- hit you for whatever reason, you crossed that name out. So, What could I have been named if I was a boy? You were close to being mustard since you were close to the fridge. <laughs> Ketchup if you were a girl, mustard <laughs> if you were a boy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Guys, hello, it's me, Mustard. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us on Brain Mush. All right, I guess that brings this podcast to a close. Um, thank you for joining me, Father. It was a pleasure. It was fun. Um, hopefully you're on the show again. Is there any parting words of advice that you give them? Well, assuming I live past this coronavirus thing, you know. Um, no, just uh, just be safe out there, people, and be kind to each other. Be nice and be nice and safe. All right. All right, guys, follow all of the social medias um, on Instagram. It is Brain Mush Podcast Official. On Twitter, it is Brain Mush Pod. And on Facebook, it is Brain Mush. It is a group. Um, so, yes, feel free to follow all of those. Links will be in the description of this podcast. And I hope to see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. I'm waving. <laughs> <laughs>